Hello, I'm Dennis Jers, your door-to-door storyteller, and I'd like to give you a story. This story is called The Superman by Gretelyn Darkey. They were so excited when he was born. It's done, Dr. White exclaimed. We've done it. We've created the perfect child. And they shook each other's hands and congratulated each other, and they drank champagne. Dr. White even forgot himself and kissed Dr. Halen. She blushed. He is kind of ours, isn't he? She asked him later. I mean, part of you and part of me, carried by the healthiest surrogate on the planet. He's more than ours biologically, White answered. He's our brainchild. He had passed all the tests at birth. He didn't need any vaccinations. He was perfect. He was the final product, the last straw. The Superman. Generations of dedicated scientists had worked diligently to reach this point. Many people had been bred with care to create the perfect combination of genes which would result in the perfect offspring. And it had worked. That was the astounding thing. The gene pool had finally given up its secret. And here he was. But they didn't stop there. They were very careful with him. He had a most diligently observed childhood. They didn't bother shielding him from any diseases. He didn't need such protection. His immune system was impenetrable. He had blue eyes and blonde hair and a lithe muscular physique. Whenever he played with the other children, he was always the fastest, the strongest, the smartest. He had only one flaw. He was compassionate. As he grew, the scientists who constantly observed him noticed that he stopped winning all the foot races and hitting all the home runs. He was clumsy long before puberty should have made him so. What do you think it is? Dr. Halen asked. He's losing on purpose, Dr. White said. He wants to make friends. That could be good, Dr. Halen replied. He might be trying to gain allies or assets. Dr. White's eyes narrowed. No, he said. He just wants friends. Friends will make him do stupid, uncalculated things. What should we do? Separate him from the other children. It will be a good experiment. And so they separated him. And he spent the rest of his childhood alone. His sense of compassion may have waned. At any rate, it was never tested again by unnecessary human contact. He always made the right decisions now, though. Nothing he did was stupid or uncalculated. When the plague came, no one was expecting it. It wasn't a zombie outbreak or an oozing rash or a maddening fever. It was quiet. A soft sleep that people slipped into and never came out of again. It was quickly dubbed hyperhibernation, or HH, because of its speedy somnolent effects. A person might contract the disease, fall asleep, and be dead in less than two hours. No one was entirely sure where it started. The first case had been reported in an international airport, so the carrier could have been from anywhere. It was fast-acting and ruthless, although gentle in its final outcome. Hours after the first outbreak, 
Cases were reported in Paris, New York, and Singapore. Within a week, it had spread to almost every country in the world. By the time anyone thought of quarantine, it was too late. There was no safe place left. In their laboratory, Dr. White and Dr. Halen worked together to try to find a cure. H.H. spread so quickly that every doctor with any biochemical experience had ceased their current projects to try to counteract the virus. It was grueling, dangerous work, and the hazard suits were uncomfortable. But what could they do? H.H. might hit their own city at any moment. They didn't have time to be selfish. The intercom buzzed. Dr. White's latex-gloved hand pressed the button to answer. Yes. Doctor, it's me. Who is it? Halen asked. White turned to Halen. It's our superman. What do you need? He asked into the intercom. We just got word that there is no one left alive in Paris. The two doctors looked at one another. No one at all? Halen asked. No one, the young man answered. There was a pause. I know you're working with my DNA to try to find a cure, but maybe I can help you. If I'm immune, I don't need a suit, right? I can do the hands-on work that might be too difficult for you. That won't be necessary, White replied. Isn't there anything I can do? You might as well let him in, Halen said. He can't catch H.H. But he might be able to carry it, White said. Then make him stay in here, Halen answered. He might be a good lab assistant, and it's not like he has a bunkmate to miss him. All right, we'll bring you in, White said into the intercom. Then he pushed the red button on the wall to open the sealed doors. The young man who entered was tall and fit. His blonde hair hugged his head in a close-cropped cut. His blue eyes scanned the lab. He stood at attention in front of Dr. White. "'How can I help, sir?' he asked. "'You know this means you can't leave this room from now until we've found a cure?' White asked. "'I had reasoned as much,' the young man responded. "'And you don't mind?' "'There's a cot in the back of the lab, isn't there? You or Dr. Halen can bring me food.' "'Very good. We can use your help. Good to have you on board, Halen added. Thank you, ma'am, the young man replied. Well, then, we'd better get to work. They worked almost nonstop for the next three days, but with no results. On the fourth day, Dr. White came to the lab alone. Where's Dr. Halen? the young man asked. Sleeping. Dr. White answered. Neither man said another word. They knew they had hours. They worked feverishly for another 45 minutes. Then Dr. White sat down. Are you all right, sir? The young man asked, rushing to his side. It's coming on me. I'll be asleep soon. I... I'm sorry. Sorry? For what? I... We... We created the perfect man. The P. 
pinnacle of human achievement, but we couldn't fight off a microorganism. No, Dr. White. There are other scientists out there. Someone must find the cure. No. No one will find it. If we couldn't do it, no one can. Perhaps we just couldn't move beyond you. Beyond me? Yes. You were our greatest creation. Perhaps it was too much for us. Maybe once we had reached the pinnacle of evolution, we were done being a race. We we finished ourselves. No, Doctor, that can't be true. The young man reached out and took Dr. White's hand. All through his childhood and into his teenage years, he had been encouraged not to touch people. But now it just seemed like the right thing. The doctor's hand was limp inside its latex glove. Goodbye. I'm sorry. The young man sat for a long time, holding the doctor's hand. Then he stood up and looked around the lab. Everything was neat and orderly. Nothing was out of place. He pressed the red button and walked out into the hall. In every room he passed, people lay draped over their desks or prostrate on the floor. He kept on walking. For the first time in his life, he went to the front gate. The woman at the gate had her head pressed against the glass of the little entry booth. Her eyes were closed. No breath clouded the glass by her mouth. With little effort, the young man kicked in the door of the booth and found the right button to press to open the gate. It scraped open slowly, clanging and jangling as it went. The young man took a deep breath, letting it out slowly. Then he walked out of the gate to see if anyone else in the world was left alive. You just listened to The Superman by Gretelyn Darkey, read to you by your door-to-door storyteller, Dennis Jers. Thank you for listening. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater, with the permission of the licensor granted under a copyrighted license agreement. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theater.